0: Welcome to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also local business owners, startups and entrepreneurs from across the state of Connecticut. Welcome to episode 16 of The Curious Capitalist. Today, I am joined by Jennifer Cullen. Jennifer is the Manager of Workforce and Supply Chain Development at Vineyard Wind. Vineyard Wind is an offshore wind development company who are currently in the process of working towards the first large-scale offshore wind energy project in the United States. Jennifer, welcome to The Curious Capitalist. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to get to know you a little bit better and also to find out about the work of Vineyard Wind. So first of all, tell me a little bit about how you got to this point in your career.
1: Well, I've been working on offshore wind for a while, actually. Um, coincidentally, I happen to be from the community on Cape Cod where America's first utility scale offshore wind farm was proposed. Um, and I graduated college right around the time the debate around offshore wind around 2007 was up in the community. And there was a lot of conversation around climate change and concerns around climate change. The original project, Cape Wind, that was proposed had a very large base of opponents locally um, within my community. And I, as a recent college graduate, was very concerned about the impacts of climate change and saw a huge opportunity in offshore wind. And so I started working through an internship with a local advocacy organization that was called Clean Power Now that was working to do really basic education within the community around why offshore wind was a good thing for the Cape and for the state and ultimately the country. Um, And so that really helped to form my interest in renewable energy and how big of an opportunity offshore wind presented to tackle some of our biggest challenges in climate change. And so from there, you know, I continued to work within the clean energy and clean water space for nonprofits and then reconnected with some colleagues when Vineyard Wind was really just getting going um, within Massachusetts around 2018 to continue doing some local community outreach um, and help support the project Uh, on that community level.
0: No way. So you've been like really inspired to be a part of wind energy for for quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's really fortunate. We
1: have this amazing resource here in Massachusetts. And in terms of clean energy, we don't really have that same opportunity and other renewables that have been able to make a major impact in other states. And so for us on the East Coast, especially within New England, our biggest opportunity to really make advances in renewable energy and decarbonizing our economy is in So to be able to do that on a hyper-local level and work within the community that I'm from and other local coastal communities has been an excellent opportunity for me personally as well as professionally.
0: That's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, What do you wish you'd known now before you started out on this career path? What do you wish you'd known in the very beginning?
1: (laughs) Well, in the very beginning, I thought we were getting an offshore wind farm within a couple of years, and (laughs) and it's been um, a long road. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that first proposal, you know, it, it kind of died a long, slow death um, despite the fact that it received all the local, state, and federal permits it needed to move forward. Fortunately, the technology has advanced a lot in the last 10 plus years that has allowed us to move the project that much further offshore and really remove a lot of the hyper local concerns about viewshed impact. But I think um, I wish that I had known that I was um, really in this for the long, hall but it has been a great opportunity i I can't imagine doing anything else. I wish we had a dozen wind farms up and running already, but eventually we will.
0: So thinking about conscious capitalism, particularly obviously the chapter here in Connecticut, how did you first hear about it?
1: So we um, Vineyard Wind won a project in Connecticut at the end of last year. So we were awarded a project, it's called Park City Winds. It will be based out of Bridgeport to deliver 800 megawatts of offshore wind power to Connecticut ratepayers. And so we have been working with our colleagues and starting to build out a team locally in Connecticut and hyperlocally within Bridgeport. And so we have been identifying partners and really having a lot of conversations within the community and with stakeholders that are interested in ensuring that Connecticut is able to bring the benefits of this industry to their state. And so in going through the process of just having several conversations, we've been working with the Chambers for Innovation and Clean Energy and other partners. We were contacted by Conscious Capitalism to really just connect about what our project means where the opportunities are and um, you know how our company may align with the the values of conscious capitalism
0: within conscious capitalism we talk about having a higher purpose what do you think it means to vineyard wind about that to have a higher purpose what does that mean to your company I think you know I
1: think that's why we all do this work we see the opportunity to use our business and this technology that is so rapidly advancing to make the world a slightly better place. We have the opportunity to obviously deliver massive amounts of clean energy, which is going to reduce carbon emissions, help fight climate change. But we also have this opportunity to ensure that those benefits are brought to the communities that we are working um, in terms of the economic benefits and job creation. And I think that's something that we take very seriously, You know, because of the history in Massachusetts with Cape Wind and the fact that the local community fought the project as opposed to embracing the project. We understand that in order for this project to get built and in order for this industry to take off, we need to work with the community. And that's something that's really embraced within the values of how we do business. And I think in addition to the benefits that clean energy can provide on the global scale, we're able to use that community connection to set precedent for how we can be a good partner and a good neighbor um, and work with individuals and groups and municipalities to Set the course for how business can be done um, in a sustainable and community focused way. And I know that that's a value that we all within the company, you know, that's what has attracted us to this particular industry. It's kind of the epitome of doing well while doing good. Um, And we really genuinely believe in it. Uh, as individuals, and that's really translated to our company culture um, and how we choose to do business.
0: Thinking about that culture and the leadership, if you like, within your business, what language would you use to describe your organization's culture? Does it have a definable character? Obviously, it's green energy uh, and, and trying to save the planet, but what other language would you use? I'd really highlight the community focus that we have. We need to work with the communities and
1: we don't see the communities as an obstacle to building this, we really see them as a partner in doing it. You know, there's a lot of reasons that we need to work with the communities in terms of permitting the projects and bringing our cables to shore. But also, if we're going to deliver on the promises that this industry can bring in terms of job creation and economic development and large-scale clean energy, we see a lot of opportunity to train the local workforce to engage with the local supply chain. And the better we can do that, the more support we'll have for the project, the more projects we can build. So I, I really, I really do think community focused is one way that i would describe the company obviously it's kind of the the local project global impact approach yes. as well you know we can we can do things hyper locally that can have a big impact and set precedent for how we can work well with the state and with the country to advance these initiatives
0: absolutely thinking about it on a local level you know what what's the impact locally particularly for this project in terms of like job creation
1: so our project for Connecticut Park City Wind is going to be based out of Bridgeport. And Bridgeport, as I'm sure you are aware, is a a community that could really use a new industry, could use the investment. We're working with a port site that has been underutilized for many years. So we'll need to go in and, and redevelop that port site so that it can serve offshore wind. And one of the benefits is, you know, once we have that port site redeveloped, we'll be bringing in components and staging them and working with the local unions to provide labor for the project and so the project being based out of bridgeport means that all of our operations will go out of there for construction as well as our operations and maintenance and so that means the the boom of the short-term construction, even though the construction's happening offshore, the vessels that will be coming in and loading up the components and taking the workforce to go construct the project will go in and out of Bridgeport. Yep. And then long-term, we'll have an operations and maintenance facility, which will have several dozen technicians, as well as port staff, small warehouse. And those technicians will go offshore for a couple of weeks at a time to service and maintain the turbines, as well as the other components of the infrastructure. And so that means long-term jobs going in and out of that area for the next 25 years
0: That's incredible. Um, as well
1: as all the associated infrastructure the the kind of indirect jobs that you find when this kind of industry sets up we're also really proud of a partnership that we developed in connecticut with a company called Keyrite. and Right is a company that has been manufacturing electrical cable for 150 years and Through our partnership, they're able to scale up their facilities and upskill their workforce and bring on some new workers to develop cable that is specific to offshore wind. And by doing so, it will make them the first tier one offshore wind supplier in the U.S. So we're really proud of that model where we've been able to find a local company that's existed within the community for a very long time and work with them to help them advance their capacity to serve the needs of
0: this emerging industry. As well as creating potentially thousands of new jobs for a, a local economy that is in desperate need of it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The job creation component is is one of the most exciting aspects of it. And within Connecticut and Park City Wind, we're committed to negotiating a project labor agreement with the local trades council. It's something that we are very far down the road in Massachusetts and we're feeling confident we're going to come to a final PLA within the next couple of months in Massachusetts, which will help set the framework for the project labor agreement in Connecticut. But that ensures that the local skilled workforce has not only access to the jobs, but the opportunities that will continue to come because of the specific needs of offshore wind. Um, Once you get that workforce trained locally to serve the needs of constructing offshore wind, you know, they'll be ready and available for all future projects. And the port of Bridgeport is really unique in that it's not behind hurricane barrier or transmission lines or a bridge that would limit the size of the components that we can get in and out of that port. And we don't have many of those along the East Coast, especially not in the Northeast. So the few that we do have, once they're developed and ready to handle offshore wind components, they'll be booming, you know, throughout the build out of this
0: whole industry. It's really interesting. i would never even thought yep. of that about the geographical location of Bridgeport and the fact that you have that access. It makes it such a a perfect spot
1: and Connecticut has two ports like that Bridgeport and New London are both wide open and available you know for offshore wind components to go in and out and not too many states have those kinds of resources. So, you know, Connecticut is really well positioned. Its location within southern New England, its two-port facilities, it's really well positioned to be a leader in offshore wind as we build out this
0: industry. It's just so exciting. It's, I'm so excited by the projects, I can't tell you. Um, thinking about Vineyard Wind, uh, thinking about the company, if you could snap your fingers and make one cultural change happen within the company, what would it be and why? So this is something that we've been talking about
1: a lot internally with just you know, what's been happening in the world of late. I would love to, and we're working hard on figuring out how we're going to diversify our workforce. You know, traditionally, I think because of where offshore wind developed, which was, you know, in Denmark and other kind of Northern European countries, and also because of the skill sets required within the jobs, you know, a lot of engineering. Traditionally, the workforce is fairly white and male. And that's something that we have an opportunity as we build out this workforce within the U.S. to really be proactive about diversifying, bringing more women, bringing in more underrepresented communities and minorities, and, and really making the project look like the communities that we're working in, partnering with local universities and schools, which is something that we're working on. So I think if I were to make one change that would be A snap your fingers (laughs) it would be you know diversifying and you know of course we're working in a system that is uh, a challenge to to kind of fix a lot of that but at the same time we have an opportunity because we're building out this
0: workforce from scratch
1: So we're working on taking advantage of our opportunities there to ensure that these jobs, as they come, are available and accessible to the right population.
0: I think that's a really commendable cultural change to make, that's for sure. So correct me if I'm wrong, you've got two big projects that you're working on at the moment. So there's Vineyard Wind One,
1: um, which is an 800 megawatt offshore wind farm that is power will be sold to the state of Massachusetts and the project will go out of the port of New Bedford. The cable will interconnect onto Cape Cod. And that is a project that was awarded by the state of Massachusetts in 2018 that really kicked off the industry. The price of the power came in extremely competitive and other states saw that and said, whoa, we didn't know we could get that much renewable offshore wind at that price. So the other states started moving pretty quickly to try to procure offshore wind projects. So our second project we bid into the state of Connecticut towards the end of twenty nineteen and were awarded the Park City Wind Project, which is a second eight hundred and four megawatts. The power will make landfall and go into the grid in Massachusetts, but
0: the power will be sold to Connecticut ratepayers and all the construction will go out of Bridgeport. Oh, it's exciting stuff. It's so exciting. Uh, So tell me a little bit about you then. When you're not focused on your work, what do you do to relax? TV, sports, looking at other wind farms from around the world? What do you do to have (laughs) fun, Jennifer?
1: Yeah, it's been really challenging these last few months because there's not a whole lot of... um, places to go and things to do. I have an 18 month old daughter, so.
0: No, you don't have any <laughs> I free time. Don't have any
1: time. None. Yeah, I mean, when we, on the weekends, when we get a few hours, we like to go to the beach with her and she just loves to play in the sand, play in the water. You know, our phones don't have great service out there, which is fantastic. (laughs) So that's really what I try to do in
0: my spare time. To kind of relax and unwind after a hard week. Um, If a company wanted to make uh, like a shift towards not just being more conscious, but being more aware of the environment, what advice would you give that company?
1: Um, huh. That's a very broad question. I mean, I guess I would say look to where the opportunities are within the community to to start making steps. Sometimes the best steps to be taking are those small hyper-locally focus one, you know, what incentives are there within the community to, you know, participate in helping to support renewable energy, either through solar or community solar, what other initiatives in terms of making your company more sustainable or available and, and taking advantage of those, I guess
0: that's a great answer great answer I did throw that one at you a bit Jennifer well done uh, <laughs> it's a great answer though you know it's interesting though isn't it because I've spoken to people who just feel like the environment is somebody else's issue to deal with do you know what I mean it's like oh somebody mm-hmm. else is going to deal with that and I think taking ownership on a on a smaller scale you know, on a local level and on a personal level with what you can personally do if we all did it it makes the di- all the difference in the world uh, one of the examples I always give is with plastic usage I'm, I'm passionate Mm-hmm. against single-use plastic and uh, plastic bags were my bugbear when I first came to America I'm like everybody wanted to give me a plastic bag and I couldn't understand mm-hmm. it I'd come from from England and Spain where we've been charging for bags for some time and I'm like why are you trying to give me a plastic bag for a can of coca-cola I don't understand so I always say mm-hmm. to them no thanks, no bag for me, I'm saving the world. And it's like that ripple effect. If just one person hears this idiot Brit in the line talking about a plastic carrier bag saving the world, you you have an impact, you know? So I think if you can focus on the, that local level and, and give out positive messages of how your average Joe can make a difference, then uh, together we can change the world. Hopefully,
1: yeah, and I totally agree. When you mentioned, you know, an individual impact, I thought of plastics too. I mean, when you start paying attention to the kinds of actions that you're taking without even realizing it, and making those small changes, even within your own household, it adds up very quickly. And so, if you can do it within a business and promote a culture where people are paying attention to the smaller decisions and the company is making just smarter decisions in terms of where they source their energy, what their policies are on plastics, um, water use, all of those things. You're right, if every business and every household started doing those things, we'd be in much better shape.
0: Can you imagine? And Can it's a lot imagine?
1: more, it's, it feels much more empowering than feeling like you have to tackle climate change all at once.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's just too big a meal to eat. It really is, you know, but mm-hmm. if you break it down, uh, it's totally achievable.
1: So a little I'd more. I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention that there are opportunities, you know, for individuals to weigh into these processes that have big impacts. On where our energy is sourced and we just yesterday finished the comment period that the federal permitting agency was holding on vineyard wind one's final permit and we received over thirteen thousand commenters on that process the overwhelming majority of them are positive wow and so those types of actions again each individual commenter may not have felt like the two minutes they spent submitting a comment online was incredibly valuable but to us that are in the trenches with this process, the fact that we received that much support and that many people want to see this project go through and they went out of their way to voice their support to the federal agency that's making that, that decision. I mean, that's what's going to get us over the finish line for these big projects. Absolutely need people to support these projects, not just in the policy arena, but when it comes to permitting and weighing in with the agencies that are making these decisions, because if it's only the naysayers that are speaking up, then the agencies have a much harder time permitting these projects. And that's true on the local level um, in terms of town council type votes, but it's absolutely true on the federal level. So we are super grateful for all of those commenters, all the organizations that help spread the word about this. and when we get this project over the finish line, it will be because we had overwhelming support on the local level and on the national level for this industry.
0: I love that. It's absolutely true, isn't it? Is that it's very easy to complain about something, but it's really difficult to support or give positive feedback. I always make a real mm-hmm. point of, of really giving positive feedback. When I receive excellent service or something's really going well, I always make the effort to, to go the extra mile. So 13,000 positive comments comments must have really buoyed you and your team that's for sure.
1: It was really nice I mean these things are not going to happen unless the people want it Um, and the people want this and and the agencies aren't going to know it unless the people speak up Um, so it was really nice to have that many
0: people speak up. You heard it here first have your say speak up. (laughs) Um, A little more about you then Jennifer tell me a little bit about what your greatest successes have been both professionally and personally.
1: Hmm. I mean I I mentioned I had a daughter a year and a half ago, and that happened fairly early into my role within Vineyard Wind. And um, when I came back to work, it was certainly a challenge balancing being a new mom and this very intense um, working environment that I care a lot about. And I feel like I've managed to find a balance where I... Love the work that I'm doing because I know that I'm doing it for the greater good and also for her. And, uh, you know, it helps me feel motivated at work. It helps me feel motivated to enjoy my time with her. So I'd have to say just generally finding the balance of being a working mother in this field where the stakes are so high um, would have to be probably my my greatest achievement so far in
0: both professional and personal life it's absolutely huge i think particularly for women uh, in business that is the holy grail isn't it is finding that that happy balance where you can be fulfilled both as a mother and as obviously as a professional so uh, it sounds like you've hit the sweet spot there definitely hopefully yeah <laughs> well time <laughs> will I mean, tell it's
1: nice, to have, a, it's nice <laughs> to have a job where i i can feel very proud that I put her to bed at night and I am doing what I can to make the world a slightly better place for her um, and hand, you know, hopefully we can all be handing down to our children a slightly better place than what we inherited. I think that's the ultimate goal for all of us that care about these kinds of issues. I love
0: that. Mummy's a superhero. What do you do for work, mummy? Mummy saves the world. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> love it. Love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, what has been your greatest fear that you've ever faced in your life? In my life um it's a tough one
1: yeah i guess i'd have to say just fearing that i'll fail in this and i know that that's probably it may seem like a little bit of a cop-out because it's certainly more of a professional thing but this work is so personal to those of us that really care And we can't fail in any aspect of it if we're going to get this industry off the ground. And so the stakes are really high. And if we are going to address these massive issues that are facing our planet as well as our communities, we're really going to need this industry. And it does feel like there's a lot of weight on our shoulders as the project that is first in line for this to carry the load of of this entire industry. And to do it right and to do it well and to do it in a way that's responsive to the places that we're working and we can't fail in that stakes are too high the planet's getting hotter (laughs) you know our our coastal communities are facing a whole host of challenges from climate change from economic collapse so we really do need to get this thing going and i think that's why we're fighting so hard but it's certainly a fear that we will not get there
0: yeah and it's that functioning at such a high level every single day you're right when you're the inaugural project like this with so much weight on your shoulders um that must be difficult that must be difficult
1: yeah yeah i mean i think we've got a fantastic team and that's what helps me sleep a little better at night you know every single person that i work with within vineyard is 150 percent committed to this everybody is busting their butts every single day and so to have that kind of camaraderie and Feel like we have leadership that understands how important this is and you know it helps to know that you've got a whole team behind you that also feels that the stakes are as high as you do.
0: Uh, tell me a little bit about your plans then both personally and professionally for the next five ten years obviously it's not failing but dig a bit deeper you know what would you really like to see happen in the next five or ten years personally and professionally?
1: Um, so personally You know, my family's interested in moving in the next few months, so I'd like to move my family back to the community that I grew up in, um, which is also an important community that I'm working in, and it's just kind of fortunate that that's where my family is. And I have a job now that allows me to, to do that. Um, I grew up in a coastal community where nobody sticks around afterwards because there's nothing to do. There's no job, um, the housing's challenging. And now because of the job I have, especially working within workforce and, and being able to kind of you know talk to these communities about all the job opportunities coming, the fact that I'm able to move my family back to where I'm from and be closer to my extended family is a, a goal that I have that we're currently in the process of working on. Professionally, you know, within the next five to 10 years, we as Vineyard should have several projects built and we should have a workforce trained. And that's something that I'm working really hard on um, through our negotiations with the unions um, and providing information about what those jobs during construction are going to entail. Um, we're working with community colleges and vocational technical schools and other workforce training partners to ensure that when the jobs are available for the long term, we have local people trained up and ready to go, and so professionally for me, it's it seeing the individuals in the places that we've been working actually gainfully employed on this on these projects and in this industry. Um, and we have a we actually have a technician training program here in Massachusetts that has 14 students in it currently. So we're seeing, and I have met now people and individuals that are going to be working on these wind farms wow. and that has suddenly made it very real so it's it's very cool to think that within five years we will have a project built we will have individuals that have worked on the project individuals that are currently working on the
0: project and within 10 years we should have several projects built it's amazing absolutely yeah. amazing it must have been really uh heartwarming to see those students who are going to be the future employees that must have been quite quite an amazing uh, opportunity yeah it's very cool and they're you know they're living on and you know they're all from
1: martha's vineyard which is where our base will be and that's a very seasonal community with very limiting um very limited job opportunities which is comparable to the community that i'm from and so to see their excitement around year-round full-time jobs for the next 25 years on their island yeah. is like can you can you think of anything better for that 19 year old that
0: wants to stay near family but needs a job on the island you know it's perfect absolutely perfect it's brilliant so tell me then jennifer how can people find out more about you the company the projects that you're currently working on what's the website what's the socials how can they get in touch
1: yep so i would recommend especially right now vineyardwind.com is our website We, um, also have a parkcitywind.com website, but seeing as that project is in its earlier stages, um, vineyardwind.com is where to go to sign up for email updates. We're on social media and we post regularly. Job openings, what the company is up to, what our partner groups are doing. We are going to need support throughout the permitting process for Park City Wind and that's something that if anyone is interested in helping us get the Park City Wind project over the finish line in the next several years, you know, please sign up for our email updates and we'll let you know when there are opportunities to participate. We really need as much local community support as possible and any sorts of partnerships that we can build to help build the workforce, to engage with the local community. We are
0: very focused on doing that. So we love to hear from people. That's fantastic, brilliant. Check out the website then. Jennifer, it has been an absolute pleasure. I wish you all the luck in the world with both projects and uh, very much looking forward to your town hall, with the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter as well. It's been a privilege. Uh, thank you so much for your time and all the very best. Come back and let us know when you get final sign-off and we start to see some power being created. We certainly will. Thank you so much for this opportunity to talk with you today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. For more information, you can visit the website connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org.